Hello, this is Mel Weinstein, host of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. In this sixth episode, I'll be talking about Pillsbury's cream cheese and strawberry toaster strudel. You won't believe how many ingredients are in this product and how many of them fall into the fake food category. Then, for the first time, the ingredient of the day is an artificial sweetener, and you'll learn the fascinating backstory behind it. You probably won't think about it in the same way again. First, I want to say a few things about the podcast. This podcast was just launched a few months ago. As of this month, September 2016, it's getting a significant number of listeners on Podbeam, the hosting website, and the video version has received a few handfuls of views on YouTube. However, just to know that the podcast is alive and well in cyberspace, it would be wonderful to get some feedback from listeners or viewers. You could be the first to provide a, a review at iTunes. Just do a search on Food Labels Revealed in the iTunes store, or leave a comment on an episode at podbean.com or at YouTube. Better yet, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you find it. It's available on most of the major podcast apps. Lastly, I've decided to shorten the podcast a little bit. The initial episodes got up to 35 plus minutes, which may have been a little too much to chew on. So from here on out, I'll be limiting each episode to 25 to 30 minutes. Ordinarily, I would give a short presentation on some food-related subject before getting into the product analysis. Today, I was going to talk on the subject of merchandising. However, the product today is really complex and is going to take some time to unpack, and I do want to stick to my time limit. So I may produce a separate podcast in the near future about maneuvering through the processed food traps in my local grocery store. Stay tuned. Okay, let's get to the food investigation for today. So you're at work, and it's about 10 a.m., time for a morning break. You didn't have much for breakfast, or you didn't eat one at all. Your workplace employee lounge has a toaster, and you've brought in some frozen toaster strudel. What easier and quicker way to get some food into your stomach to tide you over until lunch? You take two strudels out of the package and pop them into the toaster. Within minutes, your mid-morning snack is ready and spewing a sweet aroma into the air. Your coworkers look at you with envy and craving. You down those sweet pastries with a smile on your face. Now, what did you just eat? Was it food? Was it fake food? A combination of both? Did it do your body any good? Toaster Strudel was brought to my attention by Melanie Warner, author of Pandora's Lunchbox, How Processed Food Took Over the American Meal. That's a good read if you're interested in how the modern American diet developed. I heard Melanie Warner talking about Toaster Strudel on a YouTube video. Here's a clip from her talk. I wanted to um, start out with um, uh, start out with a little quiz um, for everyone. I'm gonna I'm gonna read a um, a product's ingredients, and we'll see if anyone can figure out what that product is. Okay, so you ready? It's going to take a while, so just bear with me. Um, enriched 
bleached flour, water, palm and or soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup, salt, maltodextrin, apple puree, cornstarch, dextrose, modified cornstarch, dry yeast, hydrogenated palm oil, salt, whey, strawberry puree, baking powder, I'm about halfway through, corn syrup solids, citric acid, mono and diglycerides, sodium citrate, egg yolk, potassium sorbate, sodium benzoate, TBHQ, citric acid, xanthan gum, natural and artificial flavor, polysorbate 60, guar gum, locust bean gum, red 40, blue 1, sucralose. Baby food. Oh, my gosh. Thankfully, it's not. No. That's, no. Cereal bars, close, close. Someone said chips. Not Pop-Tarts is, is close. Did you, did you see the slide before? No. That's really, no one's ever gotten that. Toaster strudel. Yeah. Here, here are the ingredients, and here's, uh, you can see all the ingredients. The interesting thing is a strawberry toaster strudel. Um, and the interesting thing about this is you look at this product and you wonder, well, is there any real food in here? And you, and you look at the ingredients, and you have to look pretty closely at it, and you can kind of see, you know, and by food I mean whole food. Um, apple puree, yeah, that's, kind of, that's kind of a food, you know, it depends on how they make it. Then there's strawberry puree, so that's where they're obviously getting the strawberries from. Egg yolk, that's a food. But after that, that's about it. Um, there's not much else in there that can be um, really considered, considered food. And, but if you look at the front of the package, you get a whole different story, right? You see um, a ripe strawberry in there. And you wonder, I mean, how, I, I wonder how many strawberries you would have to eat um, or how many toaster strudels you would have to eat to equal one strawberry. Um, my guess is about like 29, maybe. Um, and then you see in big letters, right, it's one of the first things that you would see if you looked at this package, made with more fruit. But here's the interesting thing about that. If you look, so if you go back to the other ingredient list, the fruit, you see, is under the category, and the fruit is apple puree and strawberry puree, um, contains 2% or less of the following. So if it contains more fruit, it's at 2% now, including all these other ingredients. Um, what was it at before? You know, 0.5%, less than a percent of fruit. So it's very, it's, it's, it's very misleading, and this is just one example of um, the types of things that processed food makers do to paint a, um, a more glowing and, and very misleading picture of what their products actually are. And it would be a very different story if there had to be real truth in labeling and food told the story of what really, this is a bit maybe what it would look like if you told what was really in, in behind that packaging. <laughs> In the Pillsbury Strawberry Toasted Strudel, Melanie Warner rattled off about 33 ingredients in that product and thought that was pretty bad. Well, I did her one better and found a toaster strudel that has a whopping 49 ingredients in it, namely Pillsbury Cream Cheese and Strawberry Toaster Strudel. The name alone is a mouthful. Maybe Pillsbury hadn't come out with that particular variety at the time Melanie Warner was giving her talk. Let's start with the front of the package. Here you see, off to the left side, 
a little bowl of cream with a strawberry plopped in it. Now, Warner raised the question about how many strudels you would have to eat to equal one strawberry. I'll try to answer that question later. In the center of the box, you see the strudel, a flat bar cut open so you can see the strawberry and cream cheese filling. Pillsbury mascot, Poppin' Fresh, more popularly known as the Doughboy, is haphazardly striping the bar with icing. He's been around since 1965. Off to the right, you see the banner, Love the Icing. By the way, Pillsbury used to be its own company in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but now it's a brand of the mega food company, General Mills. Before getting to the ingredients list, I want to say something about strudel. First of all, it's a pastry that became popular in 18th century Europe. Traditional strudel is made from a high-gluten flour combined with water, oil, and salt, but no sugar. The dough is rolled out to produce a very thin layer. Then the filling is spread on top of the dough. Then, finally, the dough is carefully rolled up and baked. The result is a flaky-filled pastry. If you look at traditional strudel and compare it to Pillsbury's version, you'll see two very different pastries. Pillsbury's version is a sad mock-up of the real thing. In my grocery store, the frozen box of toaster strudel sells for $2.19 for six pastries, with a total weight of 11.7 ounces. There are a total of eight varieties of toaster strudel available in the store. Here are the ingredients in Pillsbury's Cream Cheese and Strawberry Toaster Strudel. Enriched flour bleached. That's a combination of wheat flour and malted barley flour. Then niacin, uh, iron, thiamine, mononitrate, riboflavin, folic acid. Okay, we got vitamins and minerals there. Uh, water, palm and or soybean oil high fructose corn syrup, sugar, and the following ingredients are 2% or less, cornstarch, maltodextrin, whey protein, concentrate, modified cornstarch, dry yeast, salt, hydrogenated palm oil, corn syrup, solids, baking powder, which is composed of, or yeah, it's composed of baking soda and sodium acid pyrophosphate. Then we have strawberry puree, cream cheese composed of milk, cream, whey, salt, and locust bean gum. Modified whey is next. Oh, man, I, I've got to get a drink. Hang on. Okay. Next we have citric acid, lactic acid, mono and diglycerides, wheat starch, the preservatives, potassium sorbate, sodium benzoate, TBHQ, citric acid, and then after those we have cellulose gum, sodium citrate, polysorbate 60, cellulose gel, skim milk, and cream, natural and artificial flavor, whey, xanthan gum, sour cream, composed of cultured cream, and non-fat milk. Then there's gum arabic, guar gum, 
locust bean gum, and then we have the colors red 40 and blue 1, artificial colors. And finally, the very last ingredient is sucralose. So there's about 49 ingredients in this product, not counting the uh, added vitamins and minerals. Five ingredients show up as duplicates. Correcting for those five repeats gives 44 unique ingredients. Just think of it. Every time you eat one of these pastries, you are consuming 44 different things. Just for fun, let's calculate what I call the fake food index. I define the fake food index as a number of factory processed ingredients that involve chemical treatments divided by the total number of ingredients, and then the ratio is multiplied by 100. In this list of ingredients, there are 25 processed materials, not counting the vitamins. So take 25, divide by 44, and that gives a fake food index of 57%. Over half the ingredients in the pastry are factory made. If I counted the vitamins and minerals, which are also factory made, the percentage would be even higher. Let's get on with the evaluation of the individual ingredients. As usual, I'm not going to discuss the common and innocuous ones. So I'll skip talking about such materials as water and salt. However, I will still number the ingredients as if I was talking about all of them. If you've listened to the first five episodes, you're bound to notice that many ingredients are repeatedly used by the packaged food industry. For items that I've already talked about in detail before, I'll refer you back to an earlier episode and just touch on them lightly here. The number one and number two ingredients make up the enriched bleach flour, which is a mixture of wheat and malted barley flour. In which enriched wheat flour was described in episodes 1, 2, and 5. Malted barley flour was mentioned in episode 3. In short, wheat flour is bleached to make white flour using some potent chemicals. The white flour, having been stripped of most of its nutritional value, is fortified with manufactured vitamins to enrich it. Vitamins such as niacin, B3, thiamine, B1, riboflavin B2, and folic acid. The number three ingredient is vegetable oil, represented by palm oil or soybean oil, or a combination of the two. Palm oil is the more expensive ingredient since it is produced overseas. Soybean oil, produced domestically, is abundant and cheap, so Pillsbury will choose to use that ingredient whenever possible. However, palm oil is a good replacement for hydrogenated fat. The food industry used to rely on hydrogenated fats to keep processed foods from developing rancid odors and flavors. But those hydrogenated fats, under the order of the FDA, are being phased out due to the harmful presence of trans fats, which contribute to heart disease. So most likely palm oil is being used in this product. A downside to palm oil is the fact that in some countries where it is produced, valuable rainforest habitats are being destroyed. The number five ingredient is high fructose corn syrup, or HFCS for short. This was the ingredient of the day in episode three. So you can check that episode out for a detailed description of it. Suffice it to say here that HFCS serves as a major sweetener in the toaster strudel. 
HSCS is one of the most refined or processed ingredients that is found in commercial foods. The number six ingredient is sugar. Pillsbury doesn't tell us the source of the sugar, whether it's from sugar cane or sugar beets. Listen to episode five for a full description of how sugar from sugar cane is manufactured. Note that after the sixth ingredient, all the rest of the ingredients are present in concentrations of 2% or less. That means 1.1 grams or less. The number seven ingredient is cornstarch. Nothing new here. Cornstarch would probably make the top 25 list of ingredients used in processed foods. It's plentiful, it's cheap, and it's readily available to food manufacturers. Cornstarch showed up in products discussed in the first four episodes. The number eight ingredient is maltodextrin. Also derived from cornstarch, maltodextrin is actually a complex mixture of substances that provides bulk to the product and adds a small amount of sweetness. There are various types of maltodextrins based on their origin, for example, corn, wheat, etc., and their level of sweetness. Pillsbury doesn't provide any details for their product. Maltodextrin is one of those very common ingredients found in processed foods, as it has many applications. The number nine ingredient is whey protein concentrate. Well, finally, uh, we have a new ingredient not talked about before. After milk is curdled to make cheese, the watery portion of the milk is whey. In the old days, there wasn't much use for whey, and it was routinely disposed of as a waste product. But in the 1980s, new technologies such as ultrafiltration were developed that allowed milk producers to separate the small amount of soluble globular protein in the whey from the water. Thus, whey protein concentrate was created. Now, what used to be a waste product became a valuable ingredient. You'll see whey protein concentrate used in many different products, particularly in protein powders, sold to people trying to bulk up. Whey protein concentrate in the toaster strudel is probably there as a water binder and possibly as a browning agent, since protein and sugar react at high temperatures to produce a caramel or browning effect. The number 10 ingredient is modified cornstarch. This is one of the most ubiquitous ingredients in the processed food industry. The name modified cornstarch is really a generic name. There are dozens and dozens of modified cornstarches, some of them produced with very hazardous chemicals. I'll refer you to episode number one, where it was talked about in detail, and specific examples were provided. A great deal of chemistry goes into the creation of modified cornstarches as they are tailored to specific functions in food. You may notice that certain ingredients tend to get linked in processed foods. So where you find cornstarch, you're likely to find modified cornstarch. The number 11 ingredient is dry yeast. Obviously, yeast is needed to raise the pastry dough prior to baking. Now, here's a little trick to get an approximation of the amounts of the remaining ingredients. The amount of dry yeast used to make bread is a fairly standard value. For one cup of flour, which is 140 grams, about 0.75 teaspoons of dry yeast is needed. Since a teaspoon of yeast weighs about 2.4 grams, the dry yeast needed for two cups of flour is 0.75 teaspoons times 2.4 grams 
which equals 1.8 grams. That's the amount of yeast. Each toaster strudel has 26 grams total carbs. If the sugar carbs, represented as 9 grams, and the fiber carbs, as 1 gram, are subtracted out, that leaves 16 grams of carbs from the flour. Since flour is mainly carbs, the 16 grams roughly represent the amount of flour in each toaster strudel. Now here's the final calculation to get the amount of dry yeast in the toaster strudel. You take uh, 1.8 and you divide it by, that's 1.8 grams, you divide it by 140 grams flour, then multiply by 16 grams flour. The result is 0.21 grams of yeast in each toaster strudel. Now we can guesstimate that all the ingredients following the dry yeast on the label are present in amounts less than 0.21 grams. This number will be used for later calculations. I need to interject here to let you know that this food investigation, because of its length, will need to be split into two parts. This ends part one, and part two will continue in episode number seven with the 12th ingredient. See you on the other side.